Well, good day, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to my show. You are listening to Partners in Health and Biz, and I'm your host, Gail Dixon McBride, here with a new episode of Partners in Health and Biz. And of course, this, 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 wow, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. So let us rejoice and be glad in it. Today's show, we begin a new topic. And today's show I have chosen because I've learned, and as you may know, so many of us, especially in the African-American community, suffer from diabetes. And so I would like to address the facts and fiction about diabetes. So this show, the title of this episode is Fact or Fiction, Diet exercise and diabetes. So there are some things that you may or may not know, some things that you probably have believed for many years. And now I'm here, (laughs) your health and wellness consultant. I'm here to straighten some of those things out for you. So get ready, get your paper and pen if you want to take notes or This is a podcast, so you can always go back and listen to the show at your convenience. Also, in case you didn't know, this actually this uh, venue has been changed. The title, it used to be Anchor.fm, but Anchor has merged with Spotify, so Anchor has merged with Spotify. Spotify took over Anchor. And now we're all under the umbrella of podcasters.spotify.com. Podcasters.spotify.com is where you can find me. Okay. So if you want to lower your risk or manage your diabetes, look no further than what's on your plate, right? Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Making good choices at mealtime can make a big difference, but it can be hard to get started. So you're going to learn the truth about diet, exercise, and diabetes today. And uh, this comes from reputable sources, specifically from Johns Hopkins, and I know you know Johns Hopkins is a well-known hospital research company, and so Johns Hopkins endocrinologist and the chief of inpatient endocrinology at Howard County General Hospital, his name is Dr. Andrew Demidowicz, or Demidowicz, Dr. Andrew Demidowicz. So what have we learned or what can we learn? First of all, it is a fact, not fiction. You may not believe this, but it is a fact that your diet plays an important role in managing your diabetes risk. Why? Because there are two major factors in determining diabetes risk, genetics and diet. So don't Go around saying, well, my mom had it, my dad had it, my sister had it, my aunt had it, my grandmother had it. So most likely I'm going to have it. Not necessarily. 
those two things do play a part in your risk. But since you can't change your genes, adjusting your diet is your first line of defense. A great place to start is by using the plate method to build healthy meals. Phil, how do you do that? You fill half your plate with any type of vegetables. I prefer broccoli and carrots and collard greens and kale and Brussels sprouts. Those are some of the vegetables that I love. But fill your plate with any type of vegetables, according to Dr. Demi Dowich. He says it has to be something you enjoy, otherwise it won't become a habit. And I'm sure most of you will agree, if it's something that you don't like, if it doesn't taste good, you're going to only indulge for a few times, and then you'll say, I don't like this, it doesn't taste good, I'm not going to do it, right? Okay, so a quarter of your plate should be starches or carbs, one quarter. These are all important. And the other quarter should be meat. Fish or poultry are best. You can also make a big impact by not drinking your calories. <laughs> what do I mean by that? You know, okay, sodas, juice. No, those are not good drinks to drink if you're trying to control your diabetes. And it's not good to drink even if you don't have diabetes sodas and this is your health and wellness professional speaking your consultant sodas have so much so much sugar in them till if you drink well i'm not even going to go into the stats right now but just if you drink a soda or two a day even every time you drink one soda which has about 10 teaspoons of sugar in one soda if it's a regular soda and even the un, even the diabetic sodas are not good for you but what happens when you drink a soda with lots of sugar it depletes your calcium out of your bones it draws uh, the calcium out of your bones and eventually your bones are going to start to ache and you're going to wonder why is my back aching why are my knees aching you, my friend, may have the beginning of osteosporosis because, why? Because all this sugar, not just in sodas, but sodas are the main culprit. It is leaching calcium out of your bones. So if you don't take anything from this show, then what I'm just telling you now, please, please, please remember what I'm telling you. It's important and I know what I'm talking about. Okay, so what can you do? You don't have to drink sodas. You can drink unsweetened tea or you can drink herbal tea and just add a little sweetener, maybe either raw honey, just a little honey, or you can add some uh, maple syrup, just a little, or you can do stevia, which is from the stevia plant. It's a natural uh, sugar substitute stevia um, and you can drink flavored water uh, that's very good flavored water it just has a hint a hint of flavor of a fruit maybe the fruit of a strawberry this fruit fruit of a blueberry and drink 
that instead of drinking these sodas. Okay, that's a fact. The first fact is there are two major factors in determining diabetes risk, genetics, and diet. Now, let's move on. I think I'll do all facts first. Fact, reading nutrition labels will help you make healthy choices. This is a fact. And many of us, many of you, not me, because I know better, (laughs) but many of my listeners, what you're doing is you're going to the grocery store, you're picking up various uh, foods, and if they're packaged foods, you're just picking up these packaged foods, and it may say it's healthy, but you're not actually reading the label. Because the label will tell you whether it's actually healthy. Anything can be placed on... um, on the front of the packaging. So people with diabetes should pay close attention to how much added sugar. So many of these, uh, well, I'm talking about packaged fruit, packaged fruit food right now, because if you are eating fruits and vegetables, then of course there's no label on those, but we know those are healthy. But people with diabetes should pay close attention to how much added sugar on top of the regular sugar that may be in any even a fruit has sugar but we don't know you can you can find out by asking if you have you can go online and find out and google like how much sugar and how many carbs does a a medium-sized apple contain or how many how much sugar how much how many carbs does a small banana contain and you'll find it okay so on in addition to what's just in for instance let's take example cereal most cereals have some type of sugar but not all there are lots of healthy cereals but for the most part they're not at the grocery store if you go down the grocery aisle you'll see hundreds and i'm telling you not just 10 20 30 you'll find hundreds of different types of cereals and most of them contain sugar and added sugar so you want to look for first of all how much sugar and then how much added sugar is listed on your food nutrition label and look at the total sugars and the total carbohydrates to put it into into context so your favorite orange juice, for example, may not have any added sugars, but a quick glance at total sugars and total carbohydrates will show you that it's still packed with sugar and probably a poor choice, probably a poor choice for you. So make sure to read the ingredient. Um, make sure to read the ingredients list as well. If corn syrup, fructose corn syrup, cane sugar if any of these are listed as the first two ingredients first two or three put it back on the shelf and look for a healthier choice okay so fact number two reading nutrition labels will help you make healthy choices let's go to fact number three weight loss is beneficial for diabetes but not absolutely crucial (gasps) What? Are you serious? What are you saying, Gail Dixon McBride? (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying. 
Did you know that our biological systems have stacked the cards against us to prevent us from losing weight? When you start shedding pounds, your your metabolism slows to prevent you from losing more weight. Dr. Demowich encourages just a minute. Dr. Demowich encourages you not to get discouraged if you have trouble meeting your weight loss goals. It is true that even losing 5% of your body weight will continue to, will contribute, I should say, to lowering your blood sugar, blood pressure, cardiovascular risk, and improving your A1C. So at the end of the day, weight loss is not the most important thing. Some people may lose five pounds of fat and gain five pounds of muscles, muscle, which is incredibly beneficial. But their scale frustratingly will frustrate them, showing no change. Weight quality is much more important than weight quantity. Should I repeat that? I think I should. I said weight Quality is much more important than weight quantity. All right. So those are the facts. And now let's get to the fiction. Fiction number one. You believe this, but guess what? Carbs and sugars have no place on a diabetic plate. What? Well, that's fiction. The key to progress is sustained change. Be realistic with yourself about what that looks like. If you can't imagine a world without white rice or pasta, you don't have to. Just be mindful of the portion size. However, I, your health and wellness consultant, recommend brown rice instead of white rice or pasta. Also, try to keep carb portions no larger than the size of your fist. If cutting processed sugar out completely sounds too daunting, allow yourself to have a treat once or twice a week. Dr. Dimowitz says even Olympic athletes have a cheat day or two and people with diabetes should be allowed to as well. But what's the, what's the catch? What's the key here? Make them consistent. So for instance, like Tuesday, Tuesdays and Saturdays and mark them in advance on your calendar. Those days you splurge a little, whether it's a scoop, a single scoop of ice cream on an ice cream cone, or it's a slice of cake on some someone's birthday. And if you forbid yourself from eating your favorite comfort food foods on a regular basis, guess what? That's right. You're more likely to fall off the wagon So you have to enjoy your life too, right? Okay, right, all right. So that's fiction number one. False carbs and sugars do have a place on a diabetic plate, but only every now and then and a little, but you have to count your carbs and you have to look at the content of how much sugar 
is in these foods that you're eating. Fiction number two. What else is false about diet, exercise, and diabetes? Eating healthy is time-consuming and expensive. False. Fiction. Preparation is the key to success if you're on a budget or have a busy schedule. When you have time, do some healthy shopping and prepare meals for later. It's not a sin to snack. Sometimes you're going to hit the point where you need to eat now or you'll get, what do we call it? Hangry. (laughs) Hangry. Hungry and angry that you're hungry is hangry. And make at that point, you will be making bad food choices. Oh, I just have to eat something because I'm so hungry and I'm feeling so frustrated and my stomach is growling, right? Okay, so make those healthy food choices and do that in advance, right? Okay, so try this. Stock your refrigerator and pantry with healthy, low-carb snacks so that when that happens, you're prepared. Try to prepare several days of meals at a time so you can grab your lunch on the way out of the door or warm up an easy dinner when you get home. If you just need a snack, opt for foods that have protein and healthy fats and are low in simple sugars. Some of those include Greek yogurt, sliced apples with peanut butter, cheese sticks, carrot sticks, And protein bars are all great choices. Okay, but make sure you check the sugar content of those protein bars. Also, something else that's very helpful, healthy, is take two stalks, and this is from your health and wellness consultant, two stalks of celery. Two stalks of celery a day is very beneficial. And you can put for you to eat two stalks of celery a day and put a little bit of peanut butter on that those celery sticks. That will help with your uh, blood sugar and it's very good for you. Very healthy. Okay, that was fiction or f- fiction number two. Now let's go to fiction, the final thing that's a f- not fact, it is fiction and that is You need to exercise more to manage diabetes. That's false. And you're saying, what? Well, you do need to exercise. But when it comes to diabetes management, exercise is only 20% of the puzzle. What's the other 80%? Diet. 80% is diet or what you eat. Diabetes control starts in the kitchen, not at the gym. I repeat, diabetes control starts in the kitchen, not at the gym. It takes 30 minutes to burn off 200 calories, right? And it can take only 30 seconds of poor snacking to put 200 calories back on. Right. Okay, so... And that's what Dr. Demowicz says, and it's important to know. That said, exercise can help lower blood sugar and play an important role toward getting healthier. 
However, if you have diabetes and you're going to increase your exercise regimen, talk to your physician beforehand. Exercise naturally moves sugar into the muscles and your muscles will start burning it like a furnace. So all of a sudden that dose of insulin, if you're on insulin, that dose of insulin that you were on when you were not very active may be too strong for you now that you are more active, a more active individual. Patients on insulin often need to reduce their insulin doses on intense workout days. Make sense? Yes, because if your insulin uh, drops too low and you'll get lightheaded and you could pass out because you're exercising. So you have to moderate and do that gradually and stay in contact with your doctor so that things don't get drastically out of hand. Okay. So do you need support managing your diabetes? If you are local to the uh, Maryland area, specifically if you're in the Howard County area, Howard County General Hospital offers several free programs and ongoing support groups to help you manage your your pre-diabetes and diabetes and live a healthy life. Living Well with Diabetes is a free six-week workshop that teaches glucose monitoring, skin and foot care, exercise and nutrition, as well as many techniques to cope with the emotions that accompany diabetes for diabetics. Caregivers are also welcome. So you can visit hcgh.org forward slash classes, which stands for Howard County General Hospital. I repeat, the where you can go, the website is hcgh.org forward slash the word classes for a complete list of dates and times of classes and support groups. All right. So that, my friends, was the information I wanted to share. A fact or fiction, diet, exercise, and diabetes. I certainly hope you have enjoyed today's show, our program, and you have learned some valuable information which you will take and use so that you can be a healthier individual and share this information with others as well as sharing the podcast and how others can listen to my uh, weekly podcast. And so I want to tell everyone to get out, get some fresh air, exercise. And if you have questions or you would like to be a guest on my podcast show, you can email me partnersinhealth at verizon.net partners with an S partnersinhealth at verizon.net. Or I do have a new email address, and that's gdixon-mcbride at gmail.com. G for Gail. <laughs> gdixon, D-I-X-O-N hyphen McBride, M-C-B-R-I-D-E at gmail.com. So until next week, stay healthy and business savvy. Ta-ta for now. Love you all, and God bless. Have a wonderful day. Hi, I'm back. Turns out we do have about six minutes left 
before the end of the show. So I want to talk about vessels, veins, arteries, and diabetes for the last six minutes of the show, and also keeping the beat staying healthy, heart healthy with diabetes. First of all, you're asking, why do you have an increased risk of vascular issues when you have diabetes? Well, prolonged periods of higher than normal blood sugar levels contribute to atherosclerosis, which is the hardening and narrowing, narrowing of arteries. This can lead to damaged and blocked arteries and greatly impact smaller blood vessels, such as the tiny arteries in your feet and toes. So let's talk about your feet. Patients with diabetes frequently come to Dr. Rebecca, Rebecca Marmore and with non-healing wounds on their feet, she says. Dr. Marmore is a Johns Hopkins vascular surgeon on staff at Howard County General Hospital. And she says it is a very common and difficult problem for the diabetic population. Known as peripheral arterial disease or PAD, PAD, it is caused by poor blood flow to the muscles in the legs and feet. Many people with diabetes also have neuropathy, which is a diminished ability to feel sensations in their feet, making them especially susceptible to trauma. If they step on something sharp, the poor blood flow to their foot compromises and sometimes prohibits their ability to heal, according to Dr. Marmore. Compound that with neuropathy and a wound might go undetected for weeks or even months. She tells her patients with diabetes to examine their feet every day for cuts, blisters, red spots, and swelling. For patients who have difficulty looking at their feet due to arthritis or another condition, Dr. Marmore suggests wearing white or light-colored socks Flip them inside out at the end of the day to check for blood and other signs of injury or infection. And your, your socks should be dry. Dr. Momar recommends people with diabetes regularly, and I repeat regularly, see a podiatrist for routine care. And if they have a wound on their foot, they should see a vascular surgeon for an evaluation of their blood supply. And here I will say I have a friend who unfortunately uh, succumbed or succumbed to diabetes complications. She had uh, a wound on her foot that went undetected. Well, I would say she detected it, but she did not go to the doctor immediately. And it kept getting worse. At some point, it turned into gangrene and she actually had to have some toes amputated uh, and then the situation continued to get worse so dr mormar so it's very important that you you do this you see a podiatrist and you check your feet on a regular basis every day so she says we typically do this with non-invasive techniques such as ultrasound checking the blood su- blood supply uh, so, so there are surgical treatments. There are many catheter-based interventions such as angiogram with a balloon or stent that are minimally invasive, invasive and may restore blood flow. That's blood vessels, blood flow, depending on the blood vessels that are impacted. 
Sometimes an open bypass is necessary where they surgically reroute the blood flow and blood sugar control. People with diabetes are less likely to develop vascular issues or problems with healing when their blood sugar is controlled. In addition, should they need surgery to improve blood flow to heal a wound, good blood sugar control will decrease the risk of wound infection and it will increase the likelihood of a successful surgery. Again, Dr. Rebecca Marmore, MD, is a board-certified Johns Hopkins vascular surgeon in Columbia. If you want to contact her to make an appointment, she can reach, be reached at 410-955-5165. I repeat, 410-955-5165. And so now I will sign off <laughs> because I think we're just about complete with our 30 minutes. And so everyone, again, have a wonderful day. And I look forward to speaking with you and presenting next week. Ta-ta for now.